Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and speaker. Really looking forward to today's chat on Well Played, which is part of On Podcast Media Network. Today, we have Jason Strains joining us, and we're talking about mathematics in games and kind of how those two sort of connect. But before we get there, I'd love Jason to give himself a bit of an introduction. Well, I get to work with uh, the wonderful Michael Matera on a daily basis at university school. Um, I teach eighth grade math. Uh, Our primary focus is algebra, and I've been doing that. um, This is my ninth year, actually, at USM and my uh, 14th year teaching overall. So I've been doing this for for a little while now. It's, it's It's a thing for you. It's, it's, it's a thing. Yeah, I think it's becoming a thing. That's awesome. I, uh, well, I have the pleasure of hanging out with both Jason and his lovely wife who also works at university school, and they both love both of these things, mathematics and games. And so when I was thinking about a topic and I thought about this one, I, the, the decision of who I wanted to have this discussion with was the strains. So... There you go. Here, here, here we go. Uh, Jason and I both, like I said, love playing games, and we've had, well, pre-COVID, many, many a game night. Uh, many, very, very many a game night. <laughs> and post, or not post-COVID, we're, we're, we're still in COVID, but during COVID, he and I like games enough that we've tried to figure out ways that we could play them virtually, and, and we have tried, I don't know, several different methods to that madness we're in the middle of one right now we are we are yeah that's true uh everybody should listen to last week's uh episode of well played where we talked about board game arena great 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 little tool jason and i currently playing a game i think he's currently winning that game but that's not what this episode's about so we don't need to talk about that we just we're just gonna move past that little that little problem uh so all right so like i said this idea of mathematics, right? We got this like subject here that if, if I mean, I think it definitely gets an unfair rap. It definitely like lots of students are sort of afraid of it. Lots of adults are afraid of it. Like math is something either it's your thing or you kind of walk away from it. And yeah, uh, it's becoming worse. I think right with, uh, with common core and like you, you see memes all over the internet, like, Oh, I can't handle this new math or anything like that. And it's, it's becoming more of a thing that, you know, people are genuinely afraid of. And, and, and that's not great because it really is something that we use frequently. And as we're going to talk about today, we use in games a lot and it's not something we fear when it's, when it's part of a game, right? Well, that's, that's sort of the mystique here that I think so interesting because we have a subject that, like I said, can really intimidate a lot of kids. And again, totally think that that's the wrong way to look at it like i think math is a fascinating to be honest math itself is a bit of a game i mean you're constantly trying to solve these things like right that's pretty cool and a little chess like the information is right in front of you like sure it's kind of cool it's not like a fill in the blank in history class where it's like oh like hopefully you did your reading because the answer is not in that question nope the the sort of solve for x moment of math like the information is right there to solve it that's right that's pretty cool um but it gets this bad rap, and like I said, a lot of like adults even sort of want to shy away from it. However, like you pointed out, with like a game, especially when we're talking about like board games and card games, absolutely, you're just talking about sitting there. Basically, if you lifted the hood up on that car, it's just all math. 
a significant amount of it really is. And I, I was even thinking back to games that my son Finn, who's in, in kindergarten, he's played a bunch of games that have actually led to him learning a significant amount of math and, and being motivated to. We play a game called Sleeping Queens. Um, and it, it's, it's a good game, right? And, and like, but part of the game is you're allowed to discard uh, multiple cards if the numbers match. But where the math comes in is you're allowed to discard cards if um, two of the cards add up to a third one or three of the cards add up to a fourth one. So he was motivated to learn how to add just by playing that game. And now he's doing mental math while playing this game. And he, you know, he doesn't see it as, you know, Oh, I have to do math. He sees it as part of a way that he can win a game and he's beaten me at it a couple times. So it uh, seems to be working. That's awesome. Uh, we kind of joked before the show started that, you know, when we talk about hanging out with each other and playing a board game, you know, one of these two hour sort of Euro games that we like, uh, you know, if if, we, if that was unveiled as like, hey, you want to come over tonight? We can maybe fix some dinner and then we're going to sit down and do two hours worth of math problems. Uh, yeah. You want to come? I would say that's a hard pass. Like, that's no, a, that's no, a, that's no a thank hard you. Pass for me too, really. And, I, and, I, and this is my job, really. <laughs> but when you put it in the context of of a game, then it's, you know, I mean, you're, you're creating a theme around this math that you're going to do. And a lot of the games that we've played over the years are very, very, very math heavy. And, and as we were also talking about beforehand, it's not easy math either. Yeah. That's what I wanted you to kind of expound upon a little bit on the show. Like as a math yeah. teacher, you know, how, what is that complexity? Cause while, while some might just say, all you're doing is adding this to that, but it's like, right. mm, I think there's more there's more there yeah and, and I think what we're looking for in um, you know as math teachers is we're looking for students to become more problem solvers um, and that's that's kind of what's at the heart of it right when when someone asks me well when am I ever going to use this it's kind of hard to say well I think you're gonna solve this type of equation for X um, you know every day in your life and I'm like well no not necessarily right but there are plenty of times when I'm playing a game and I'm like okay Michael's up by 10 points right now, um, but I have the ability to go here or here. This one offers me the potential that I need, the potential points that I need to potentially take the lead, right? So you're you're talking about combining that kind of basic solve for X mentality with some probability, um, and, and you, you do a lot of combining of math concepts, especially in the way of you know probability. That I think is the big one that comes up over and over and over again in, in the games that we play where you're always taking, it's this risk versus reward idea. Um, and it's, do I, you know, I mean, even the game we're playing right now, I've, I've got to decide, do I reveal another card to you and I don't know what's under it and you could take that and that could be really good for you. Do I try to take this path to victory? What are my odds of winning this way? And, and it's always this idea that multiple math concepts, not just the adding of your score together, but probability um, and, and even the basic problem solving concept behind a lot of games is very, very mathematical. Yeah, I think that the this idea too, like you said, this risk, I am a, the type of gamer I am. I really enjoy playing games. I mean, I'm going to put it out here. That does not necessarily mean that I'm great at them, but but in my defense, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna toss this out there. The type of gamer I am, I like taking that calculated risk. So there, I I am good enough to know the thing I'm about to try. 
might not work. Like I know, like I'm smart enough to know like the best strategy is to do the A plus B plus C and then you get D and like that's your best path to winning. But as somebody that plays a lot of board games, I sometimes like to say like, well, what if, what if we tried this other way? Right. Like, and so while, like I said, my win loss record then sometimes is a little wonky, but I enjoy that like unearthing a new strategy. And like you said, it's that little risk reward. Like I understand that the probability here is lower, but the payout's higher if it, if things can align, if I can get this piece and move into position here or whatever the case may be of the game, yeah. all of a sudden like a new possibility can come before me. And it's like, that's pretty cool. Like you created that. Uh, but, but all of that, like you said, on some level with some math calculations, it's like, what could that building be? What's the probability that it comes out? What's the turn order? Like, how many people am I playing with? Like, is it going to even possibly come back to me? Right. Yeah, there's a lot of different things that that come up there. And, and actually, even just the basic concept you talked about there where you're willing to take a game that you've played before, you think you know what the best strategy is, and you're willing to try a different strategy, that is... That is something that in, in the math classroom, teachers try to develop all the time. Like, okay, your, your first strategy towards solving uh, a problem really didn't pan out. And it was the typical strategy, but it didn't really work for this kind of problem. So what's another strategy that you could try? And that willingness for students to um, you know, persevere. My first strategy didn't work. Let me try a second strategy. My second strategy didn't work. Let me try a third strategy. Even that, I, that, that is something that I know just not even as math teachers, that, that extends even beyond the math classroom, right? Where we're always looking for students to get out of their comfort zone, try new things, try different strategies. But in the math classroom, I, I think that students often want to be um, just kind of given the direction to go like, well, what do I do now? What do I do now? In, instead of, you know, trying things, it's it doesn't feel like that place where we can try things. But, um, you know, that intersection of math and games is is maybe a place where we can start kind of teaching students that, hey, it's OK to take risks and it's OK to try a different strategy. Maybe it'll pan out. Maybe it won't. But it's OK to do it. Yeah. And on that note, too, like you really hit upon two awesome things there that games kind of provide in the math area. And that is sort of a willingness to sort of explore the data themselves because it's not a math problem. It's not just a straight linear math problem like do right. problem five. It's right. what do you want to do to try to achieve the win? And the win just is this total points, but most games have like five, six, eight different ways you can score points. So it's like, oh my, like, and you start doing some of these math problems and you're like, well, if I buy this or if I trade that or if I collect these, I think I will end up with more points. So I'm going to choose that third option. I'm going to go with collecting these, right? But I had to do sort of three math problems. And and truly at the end of those three math problems in a lot of these games, because you're playing with real people, it's it's fuzzy math, right? Like I can't say for certain that doing option A is 20 points, doing option B is 25 points, and doing option C is 30. Because other people are going to make other choices, things are going to happen. But my best probability in in my mind was option C, that's pretty cool to give kids that exploratory sort of math situation. Uh, so you, you kind of hit on something there that I think would be awesome. And then also like that fear of failure gets removed a little bit in the game. Like, you know, when you sit down at that table, there is going to be one winner and four losers. <laughs> like it's just, sure. there's some, there's some math for you. Like your, yep. <laughs> your odds of winning are pretty small. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think that, you know, removing that fear of failure is something that is is difficult to do in the math classroom because there very much is 
a right and a wrong answer most of the time, right? Like we're not talking about that fuzzy math, but you, you brought up the concept of fuzzy math. And, and I think that um, where, where you start to see math become more applicable is when you don't see it as maybe the direct application of something that you're learning in the classroom, but like an indirect application where it is that, a, a little bit more of that fuzzy math that kind of comes up. Math, when we hit reality, is, is not at all uh, the, the way it looks in the classroom. It gets very messy. Um, and, and games are just one, one example of places where that comes up. Like it's, it's, you're right. I can't just calculate out my way to victory. I'm, I'm dealing with so many different factors at play, but that's, that's what makes games fun and exciting. And that's what, you know, motivates you to do the math. And, and again, as you mentioned, it removes that fear of failure, which I think is just such a, such a big thing in, in today's math classroom and, and in all classrooms for that matter. We don't want our students to have a fear of failure. We want them to try a hundred percent. Speaking of like, like a mindset, you had mentioned before, you know, so many students asking, and it happens for all of our classes. I teach history. Somebody's going to ask me this year, why do I need to know Roman history? Like, what does it matter? And somebody's going to ask you like, Hey, I know I already that I'm going to be an artist. Like, I don't, I don't, what do I need this math for? Uh, and I, I don't want to like, I hope no one takes this analogy the wrong way, but I, I like to sort of invoke a thinking of PE for a moment. Like, I don't think the PE teacher teaches you soccer so that you truly understand soccer. I think the general goal of PE is health and wellness, right? Like, right. and we're going to like, we're going to exercise you by playing soccer. Then we're going to exercise you by playing basketball. And sure, right. you're going to learn the rules along the way. And maybe some of you will join soccer because of it or basketball because of it. But I Ooh. still think the general goal is like a healthy life. Right. And so my analogy here is I almost want to tell kids K-12 education by and large is like mental exercise. Like, I don't know what you're going to need. I don't know who you're going to become. So we just have to continue to work out your mind in all sorts of different ways, in creative ways, in linear ways, in scientific ways, in historical yep. ways, and make you as well-rounded as possible because that's our best bet. <laughs> For having you have the solutions you need for the future yeah absolutely and 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 math that that i mean you talked about pe kind of having that basic goal of health and wellness and you know math i think one of the larger goals is just to develop you know students people citizens who are really good in the areas of logic and critical thinking um can you see and interpret data in in a way that makes sense um you, you know and and can, even even outside of the realm of you know, using math directly in your daily life. I mean, we saw, you know, with, with, with was there a little bit of math maybe used in the in the election that we just had? Just a, the, just a little bit. Just a little bit, right? Like there's been tons of that going on, and um, you know, so, so so you see math used consistently in your in your daily basis, but it's not. Does it look the same way it looks in the classroom? No, but like the the more you develop that logical and critical thinking side of your brain. Um, you know, the more that helps. And that's another place where games can really help you become a better math student, because even when they're not necessarily teaching you about um, maybe a new math concept, maybe you're using math that you already know, um, you know, you're developing that logic and critical thinking side of you and, and you are becoming, you know, a more well-rounded person. Even if you are going to become an artist, do you really think you don't need logic and critical thinking like to be a to be a member of society? Like that's that's something that we need and we want more well-rounded students, more well-rounded citizens and math is one of those places where we develop that portion of your brain, right? No, I mean 100%. I think too like 
thinking about that that intersection again of like math and games uh i want to sort of explore a little bit what is it about the games that for lack of a better word i want to say sort of like have the math fade into the background yet it it is super present like on any given turn i'm sitting there calculating if i buy this how much gold do i go down what precarious position does that put me in because i don't have as much gold if i buy this building what strategy does that lock me into what point you know accruing strategy does that give me so math is clearly smacked in my face every moment right but it it somehow is like transparent i somehow like look beyond the math and i see the theme and i'm like yep i'm like traders of the stock market yep i'm settling the west yep i'm the roman empire like taking over like and the math, which is clearly in the way between me and the game, it's like a window, but like I just see right through that transparent window of math, and I just see the theme. Like, what? I, how? How does that happen? I'm, I'm not sure, and it's. I mean, that's it, it's part of why I'm not a game creator. There are <laughs> reasons for that, right? Like we could think of several others, uh, but I mean, it's they, they. Most games do such a good job of bringing out. You know, it's uh, part of it's that competitive side too, right? Like I, you know, kind of swinging temporarily back to that PE example. I was never one that just liked to go out and just just run. But you know, if 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 we were playing a sport, if we were playing basketball, if we were playing soccer, if we were playing football, I'll I'll run a ton, right? So I was able to kind of get that health and wellness, that that physical exercise that I was supposed to get through the sports, right? And it's kind of the same thing with games, right? By having a good theme. Um, you know, distracting you with some shiny colors and some fancy names and putting you in charge of an army or what, whatever the case may be, you can, you can really hide that, that math that's going on behind there. Um, you, you see it every once in a while when you get a really, um, you know, applicable problem in a classroom, um, you know, where, where you actually brought maybe something in from, from your daily life. Um, we did a little bit of um, election math talk in my classroom and uh, no one seemed to mind that they were, you know, doing actual math at that point. Right. Like, because it was, it was hidden in the context of, of a real problem. Um, you know, I think the same thing is true for games. You kind of feel like, Ooh, I've got to win. I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm the Romans and I've got to take over this entire map. And all of a sudden it just doesn't feel like you're doing anything anymore. And, and game designers do such a great job of, of hiding that in the, in the context of theme. So, like, I think as somebody that gamifies, as somebody that loves to play games, right? Uh, you know, I think that there's lessons we can take from that, like, story there that, you know, what you talked about there was having a clear directive. So, like, they understand what they're trying to achieve here. They're trying to win in, like, the, in the context of a board game. And typically that win condition, at least in most games I play, is just a victory condition of so many points. Yeah. And then also like, it sounded like giving them true choice, like, yes, not, not, and like, I want to be, I want to be clear on this because a lot of teachers talk about voice and choice being super important and we should be giving kids voice and choice, voice and choice. But in a game sense, we're not talking about, do you give a speech or do you write a paper? Because if you think about that, that's truly like, do you want to play this game or that game? That's. That's Correct. different. We're talking we're talking about we are all doing this shared experience. We're all sitting at this table playing this game. And Correct. inside the context of this game, you have like 20 choices on any given moment. So it's not the same as like do you want to do the speech or the test kind of choice. This is 
we're all doing this. We're all playing this game. Right. You know, are there ways we could design things? I just wonder, you know, so that we give that kind of shared experience choice. I know in history class, I do a lot of simulations that kind of right. play off the same concepts of a game. Uh, but in other classes, like in an English class, in a math class, in a science class, I think we could still produce similar situations. Yeah, you have to. The, the challenge as a math teacher is like, OK, I need them to learn how to. Um, solve a linear equation for X, right? That in and of itself is not spectacularly exciting. Um, you're not going to get distracted. Um, but but once they kind of have the basics down, what what can what experience as a math teacher can you create that is going to force them to utilize that skill, but maybe not feel like they're doing it, or maybe they can attack it in a different way. Maybe the equation they write to solve the problem is going to be um, a little bit different. Um, one of one of the techniques that I've used in, in my own classroom is um, uh, Dan Meyer came up with the concept of three act math tasks. And it's this whole idea that rather than giving kids word problems, just give them a visual, give them something to look at that invokes a problem kind of naturally. Two people are racing. Who's going to win? Right. And, uh, and and rather than giving them all the exact numbers, just give them the situation and then say, OK, what information do we need to know in order to solve this problem? Um, what strategy could we use to solve this problem and then have them attack it? Uh, they all might attack it in different ways. But the cool part about just providing them with that situation is, you know, as a math teacher, they're they're going to have to use um, some type of equation solved, depending on what information you give them. So you just kind of you, you're disguising it the same way that you would as a game designer. But like that, that's the real challenge. You have to design activities such that you know where they're going to go. You know where they're going to end up. You know what skills they're going to need to use. Um, but it but it does feel like they have a lot of choice in there when in reality, just like in a game, you can't just say, well, I am going to buy this. Well, you're thinking Monopoly. Um, we don't have Boardwalk here. This is a different game, yeah. right? It's yeah. So, so it's not, you're right. It's not the choice of a game that you have. It's, it's choices within that game, but you know where the end is supposed to be. Yeah. I, I like this, this idea of giving kids like mathematical, like situations, you know, I think as educators, sometimes we keep training them like through practice but like right. like imagine if you learn to ride a bike like you're teaching those equations like we're right. going to talk about riding the bike i'm going to mm -hmm. like show you on the board about like pedals and handlebars and talk to you about balance yep and i want you to like give me i'm going to give you a test that proves that you understand handlebars balance pedals and then we're going to move on to the next concept i'm not actually going to let you sit on a bike and ride the bike and use the bike in real life out in the real world we've just talked about it we learned right. about it i know you yep. know the insides and outs of a bike yeah but i've never actually sat you down on one and made you use it well, well even more so than that like in the math classroom we do a ton of like practice and repetition and all that kind of stuff to ingrain the actual skills but i mean speaking as a dad who taught his kid how to ride a bike not that long ago like <laughs> if i if all i ever let him do is just kind of ride kind of back and forth in front of the house not particularly useful not right? useful and would not have that same zeal that we all have for riding bikes right like the, he right. would never develop that love he'd be like if all i get to do is go to the bottom of the like driveway and then turn around and ride back up it's like mm, nope I'm, i'll do something else 
Yeah, so taking him on a taking him on a bike ride around the neighborhood, or we we brought his bike to his grandparents' house so he could kind of show him show them that he knew how to ride the bike, and you know, I mean, like it's it's that same thing, right? If if all we ever give students is you know just all right, practice, 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 that's great, but then eventually you got to show them, okay, what's this what's this going to be used for, right? What am I going to use this for? Give them a mathematical situation and tell them, hey, you have the skills to be able to solve this using math that you already know. Let's see what you can do that. I, I think that makes that situation feel very rewarding, much in the same way that, you know, your strategy in a game panning out makes you feel great because, hey, you won. Yeah, and I like this idea, too, of giving them giving students like a image and and telling them, like, what what could we possibly do? And, and even if your kids don't get the quote unquote right answer because because the, maybe they're too young maybe like we're doing this with sixth graders and they're not going to figure it out but like just that open-ended possibility that's that's the breath that's in a board game when i sit down at the beginning and i've made zero choices yet but i know ahead of me are all these choices and they're gonna have to interact with your choices and they're gonna have to interact with you know kelly your wife's choices and it's like I hope at the end of the day, my choices stack up, you know, and there's that like, I don't know, there's that freedom in that moment. And so I could picture when you show students kind of this picture and just say like, you know, who's going to win this race, even though, you know, they're going to be like, well, who trained more, who's stronger, like, what are the other, and you're like, we don't have that data, just looking at this picture, who's going to win. And then, like, I'm even thinking about my math. <laughs> I don't know like how to measure somebody's gait and decide in a photo, but like that would be kind of like where I'd start to think. Like Mr. Strange, yeah. if I understood how to do that, I'd sort of like measure the gait of this guy's running stride and think I think that guy's going to catch up in the end. Yeah, and that's and and again, we we go right back to strategy, right? And it's and now it's a chance to take those skills that you've learned in the math classroom and and try to apply it. And I, I like the one thing you said about how, you know, maybe Maybe they're not going to be able to do it. And what I think we have to start coming to the conclusion of as as ed, as math educators especially is sometimes they're not going to get to the right answer, but taking the time for them to implement their own strategy, um, embrace the struggle uh, a little bit and, and, and feel comfortable within that struggle, that, that in and of itself is also valuable. Yes, you eventually want them to get to the right answer, but... Um, being a little bit comfortable with the struggle and and trying a strategy, even if it doesn't pan out, even if maybe you try the right strategy, but then the math skills aren't there. That can be valuable too. Like, well, hey, if if you had these math skills, you would have actually gotten the right answer because your that's, strategy. That's that's really what I wanted to say. Like, I think about my work with spreadsheets. Like, I am not a guy that like is classically trained by any means, but it is a willingness. It goes a little bit to that fuzzy math again. It's this willingness to sort of wade into those waters. And you start to see the possibilities. You're like, it should be able to do this. And now, so the history teacher in me is like, can we give kids in a math class the ability or situations to ask the right questions? Because Mm. those questions are the ones that eventually got me to get the skills, right? Like at the moment of asking the question, like you said, it's the right strategy, but my spreadsheet skills weren't there but it's the right, right strategy and by asking that question i either can find the right people that have those answers or i can mm-hmm. google the right thing and now boom i can get the spreadsheet to do what i want so going back to that runner analogy if measuring the guy's gait is the right strategy yet i don't know really the math principles behind it like wow i'm in the right ballpark you know and it's kind of fun to be like yeah okay so mr strains teach me like how would we do that then like right 
Like I want, now, I want my solution to come true. So how, how do I do it? Yes. And now, and now all of a sudden you're motivated to do it because you, you were on the right track and you asked the right questions. And, and I think that, um, you know, asking questions in the math classroom, that was something you just kind of hinted at. And, um, that is something that I know I, I try to push my own students on it and it can be a really tough thing, right? Because, you know, we just kind of simply want to go with, well, I don't get it. Right. And that's, <laughs> that's not exactly so what we're going for. Right. We want to, we want those more targeted questions. But when you bring up a specific situation that invokes that math, now it becomes easier to ask the right question because you are motivated to get to the right answer. You're motivated to figure out who won the race or, um, you know, when we, if we cycle back to games, you're motivated to ask the right question about your strategy, even if math is involved, because it's going to lead to victory. So that, that kind of motivates you to ask those right questions and to really formulate a good question and get an answer to it. And, and, and hopefully that, that motivation comes back to the math classroom where then we can learn some cool math that'll help you in the future. That'd be awesome. We have reflection time now, Mr. Ooh. Strains. And, Ooh. uh, this one comes by a gentleman named Richard J. Trudeau. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a little lengthy quote, so hang in there. Okay, I will. But it's a good one. Pure mathematics is the world's best game. It is more absorbing than chess, more of a gamble than poker, and lasts longer than Monopoly. It's free, and it can be played anywhere. Archimedes did it in his bathtub. <laughs> I like the I like the bathtub math analogy. Actually, that uh, that's kind of fun. I mean, I feel like that make it a little more relaxing, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's you know, I I think what what that is really hinting at is that uh, that ability to really kind of see math everywhere, um, you know. And and it was kind of the theme for our discussion today, right? We talked about math and games, but math is math is all sorts of places. It gets used in. Um, it's getting used in sports more and more and more, not just in your basic statistics, but in like making decisions on players to keep players to trade, um, you know, and I, I think once you start seeing that math is everywhere, um, it, it does become this very kind of fulfilling thing that you can do on that note. Actually, the first thing I thought of when I heard that quote is the one of the first games me and my wife played together was truly a math game. It, it, it was called Math 24. <laughs> Really easy game. You get four numbers, and you've got to make 24 out of them using each of the numbers only once. And that was the first one of the first games that we played together, and it was just pure math. But the, the fact that there was a little bit of game behind it, 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 it didn't make it that that much more enjoyable. And y yes, to answer your question, my wife absolutely destroyed me. It, 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 <laughs> just so didn't... everybody's aware, I want it on record. Kelly oh, beats I... Kelly beats us all the time. Kelly beats us all the time. That game was no exception. <laughs> That's awesome. Kelly's a fantastic game player uh, and a, a fun person to play with. So uh, for me, I agree with you. The quote's kind of this fun thing that tells us that math is kind of all around us. I think it also hints, for those of us that are a little afraid of it or don't or don't live and breathe it like you do, I think it hints at its beauty too, that like, and, and as a game player, I can see that beauty occasionally, like when those numbers play out, when I see this like mathematical number strategy before me, that I wrap into theme and I get all excited about trading this, buying that, right? But like all of a sudden, yeah, like it did, like, holy cow, I was right with this multiplier, with this thing, I did beat Kelly, a statement that 
I don't know if I've ever actually said, but <laughs> I'm going to say it in this podcast. There you go. It's in there now. It's on record. <laughs> uh, so, well, thank you so much, Jason, for coming on to Well Played. Uh, I really enjoyed having this conversation about mathematics and games with you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. No problem. Everyone else, thank you so much for tuning in to Well Played each and every week. Uh, don't forget to check out the other wonderful podcasts on Podcast Media Network. Uh, also, while you're at it, take a peek at my YouTube channel where you would find this episode, which this is Season 4, Episode 34. If you want to make a comment or say hi or say hello. And while you're there, you can check out all the other things that I have on the YouTube channel, which is a lot. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Play on.